Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you were listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksit, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google, basically wherever, anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul, Nick, and Dave Hello. down there on the end. And we are very excited to have a very special guest with us tonight, fourth-generation tobacconists, Eric Stokeby. How you doing, Eric? Thank I'm you. I'm doing great, and thanks for having me on board on your show. Awesome. Yes. Well, advertising, branding, building name recognition, those are all things that work together to create uh, consumer desire and cultivate expectation for premium cigars and tobacco. But just how much influence does all that have on the consumer's experience and impression of what they're smoking? Tonight, we're going to be doing some of our own experiments to find out. And we're going to start first by smoking a new blend of uh, Eric's None of us has had it before. We don't know what it is or what's in it. Eric will let us know that a little bit later on the show, but it's going to end up kind of being like one of those Food Network competitions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> is the panel of NJBS going to like what Eric serves up? We're going to find <laughs> out. Well, let's light up here. And while I'm lighting my pipe, Paul, why don't you give us your first impressions of what it is you're smoking there? Well, it... <clears throat> First of all, it's a very, very smooth, uh, I want to say it's a Virginia-based tobacco. Mm. Um, and I'm getting a lot of nice, subtle fruits, some bread notes, um, a little bit of hay. Uh, hay now. Just, just, yeah, hay now. <laughs> just, just a very, very, uh, very, very smooth, uh, mild to medium tobacco is what I'm getting. Nick, mm -hmm. what about you? I'm also getting, I'm also getting the same, subtle fruit tastes, little bread note in there. I'm also getting a little bit of spice on the retro hill, maybe mm -hmm. some perique in there. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Really nice room note. Um, just kind of going back and forth with the drink as well. The the scotch is kind of bringing out a little bit more of the the sweet note, the Virginias that are in there. Okay. Really nice. Mm -hmm. David. Yep, I concur with everything that's been said already. I'm definitely getting some, some of the fruit notes and the um, bread and hay. Um, getting that spice in the retro hail. I think the the drink, the pairing is definitely bringing out the little bit of that spice in the retro hail a little bit more. Yeah, and we we're all drinking something different tonight because we didn't know what we were smoking tonight, so we just decided to kind of clean out the uh, 
cupboard. The cupboard. Yeah, the, the cupboard. The, the cupboard. The cupboard. I think I'm Dave. You think you're Dave? <laughs> Spending a little too much time with Dave, Paul. Busted it. The liquor cabinet. Busted it. Nice. <laughs> we busted it out the liquor cabinet. So I've got the. Um, what do I have? You've got the knob creep. Knob creep and twelve year. Twelve year. Uh, Nick's mm. got the Game of Thrones single malt scotch. Yep. Mm -hmm. Dave has the Redemption Rye Bourbon, Ooh. and I got the 724 Woodward Reserve. Nice. Nice. So you got those Woodward. things. Right. And Eric, Eric, I believe, has coffee. I have coffee. I'm just I'm just a born guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with coffee and, and uh, bite. That goes very well. Mm. So um, I think this is a definitely a Virginia-based blend, too. I, I sense some Perique in here. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely got those fruit notes, hay, wood. Um, there's some nice raisiny figgy stuff going on, which oh, I yeah. think is from, uh, from Perique. Very, very smooth. I really like yeah. this flake a lot. It's not a, it's not a, I'd say probably maybe a light plus light to medium. Light to medium. Well, yeah, light the, to medium to you is more like medium to everybody else. On that's the very true. That's very true. Um, it's very smooth and elegant. It is very smooth. Uh, it's got some complexity there that I, I'm really enjoying. Mm. How about you, Danny? Yeah, definitely. Um, um, it's, you know, to me, it's uh, the Virginias in here are really playing well with each other. And mm -hmm. uh, um, I'd say it's I'd, I'd say it's medium body. Mm. What would you think, Paul? Medium at best. I'm going to say mild to medium. I think yeah. it's starting to open up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, definitely getting a little bit more spice in the retro hill now that I did in the beginning. Um, but everything else is playing very, very well together. The fruits, the uh, the hay, uh, the bread notes, all in sync. Oh, yeah. Really, really smooth. All right. Yeah. So first first question, Eric. Are, are we – tasting things that we should be tasting with whatever this is yes you are you're actually you're pretty much spot on yeah ah, all right so uh it is a flake <clears throat> it is a virginia flake yep this is with, this is the bag you gave me back yeah. in september right there yeah uh virginia flake with some uh, mature virginias <clears throat> and um, just a, a pinch of perique. Mm. So, um, like I said, you're pretty much spot on. All right. And, so, uh, yeah. what actually is it now? Can you, why don't you tell us what it is? Well, <clears throat> we just uh, launched uh, three uh, bulk tobaccos, and this is the one uh, we call the Evening Flake. We call it. The, the three blends, we call them kind of the pipe tobacco for the day. And uh, the morning blend is a um, um, aromatic uh, on the mild side with a pinch of bourbon in there. Uh, and uh, But just kind of very pleasant, very, you know, mild and uh, just just good for the mornings, I think. And then we have uh, the what we call the afternoon melange, which is a um, English blend with a good portion of um, Latakia and uh, some mature Virginias as well, and uh, a little bit of black Cavendish in there. 
uh, really uh, a really very very good um, very good uh, high quality English blend. Uh, and then the last one, the Evening Flake, is what you've been smoking right now. Mm. So again, um, mostly Virginias, mature Virginias. Uh, when I say mature, it's you know it's it's leaf that comes from kind of the middle of the stalk uh, on the tobacco plant, uh, which has generally the most sugars, and uh, so we'll have some natural sweetness to it. And then uh, a pinch of uh, perique as well. Mm. Now, I would think, you know, I most people would think that the the evening smoke would be the English blend. Yeah, you've made it the afternoon. Why I mean, is this the evening blend? What, well, what? I always felt that you know personally, I, I prefer a, a flake in the evening mm. because flake generally tend to be a little bit heavier okay. than even the, than an English blend or than an aromatic. And um, I think kind of like at the end of the day, I personally like something that's a little bit heavier, maybe with a drink or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, I felt the, the, the flakes should be kind of the, the last blend on the, on the day's agenda. Um, I think that the, an English is, um, you know, for me suits well in the afternoon, maybe after lunch or thereabouts. So, but that's just personal taste. You know, I know a lot of pipe smokers, they may prefer it otherwise. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, it was my decision. Ultimately, <laughs> <laughs> it was his decision. You are the man. He is. You're, you're the reigning Stokeby. Yeah. Um, now well, that that brings up the uh, you know what's a real obvious thing to talk about here. You come from very long storied family tradition that uh, goes back you know well over a hundred years of being mm-hmm. in the pipe business. You want to. Uh, Fill our listeners in on a little bit of that history here so sure. they understand the immense honor they have today of listening to your greatness. Sure. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I feel, I feel uh, uh, you're putting me uh, onto more than I am. But, but anyway, yes, uh, we do have, you know, it is four generations in the tobacco business family business. And um, it started with my great fa- uh, great-grandfather in the town of uh, Odense in Denmark <clears throat> um, back in 1882. Uh, he started the business. And, uh, you know, back then, um, pipe tobacco was certainly uh, somewhat popular, mm-hmm. but what was also Popular was um, uh, nasal snuff, mm-hmm. some cigars, and so he he really had a production of a little bit of everything. He he did uh, nasal snuff, he did uh, some cigars, and he did uh, a little bit of pipe tobacco as well. Um, but that that's how it got started, and you know back in the 
let's say, late 1800s, there was a lot of smaller manufacturers in Denmark, Germany, Holland, England. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's really when tobacco use became very popular, particularly, obviously, among men. And, um, you know, men would gather after dinner and then they will have a cigar or they will have a pipe bowl or they'll have uh, a nasal stuff or something like that. So so that's uh, it became very popular. And, you know, in the town of Odense uh, that time, which is the third largest town in Denmark, you know, still relatively small compared to the U.S. cities. But uh, it was even smaller that time. And but there was probably 20 or 30 different smaller manufacturers at that time. And, you know, it was just a, a very popular thing to do is to produce various tobacco products. So he had a factory in the back and then he had a retail store in the front. And so he sold his product to the, through his resale stores. And, uh, and that was pretty much how, how it was sold at that time. So, uh, you know, fairly limited, um, but, but a start. <clears throat> so my grandfather, got into the business in the uh, early 1920s, and uh, he was sent abroad. Uh, he was sent via a Dutch company to Indonesia, mm -hmm. where he um, what became a plantation manager for a uh, for cigar tobacco uh, grown in Indonesia, which I'm sure you know, Indonesia still grows a lot of uh, cigar tobacco. But this was in the 1920s, and um, <clears throat> it was a long voyage out there. It took like two months to sail out there from Denmark, and uh, he went out there first. My grandmother followed him later, and uh, it was uh, quite a adventure. Uh, you know, I remember my grandfather used to tell me that, uh, you know, my next door neighbor was a cannibal, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it was. It was. Uh, it was definitely, you know, back when, you know, traveling was a big adventure and uh, going to Indonesia was, was even bigger. You know, it was uh, very powerful, uh, very rich on experiences and uh, very different. But so he, he really became a cigar man. Uh, because of his experience there. So when he returned, or he, him and my grandmother returned to to uh, Denmark, um, he really decided to, you know, this, so they returned, I think, like the late 1920s. And uh, <clears throat> that's really when cigar uh, production, cigar consumption was picking up. And um, he decided to changed most of the manufacturing process or, or most of the uh, products that they produced into cigars. And, um, and uh, you know, he became quite successful at it. And uh, <clears throat> he, um, he, he was definitely, you know, a cigar man. I, I remember that, you know, he had at least five or six cigars every day. And um, one of the things that he did, or one of his claim to fame, I, I should say, was that he, he used to send Winston Churchill some cigars, and uh, 
Winston Churchill sending back, you know, kind letters. Thank you for the cigars and blah, blah, blah. And we have probably a stack of 20 letters from Winston Churchill. Wow. Uh, thank you, my grandfather. So that was, that was kind of cool. Kind of. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah kind of cool. Kind of different. So, um, so he was more. I mean, he did a smoke. He did smoke an occasional pipe, but it was it was more cigars. Okay. My father, uh, Peter, got into the business in the uh, uh, mid 1950s. and he was sent abroad to the U.S. to to work. Um, to work in the fields of um, tobacco fields of North Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Maryland, uh, places like that. Okay. And when he returned to Denmark, he, you know, the late 1950s, early 1960s is really when pipe tobacco was starting to pick up. And so he decided to really focus on pipe tobacco. And uh, he became, you know, or, or the Factory, really, the company became after his um, say uh, after his doing became more uh, pipe tobacco oriented. Mm. There was still some uh, cigar production left, but that was eventually fizzled out. And uh, and uh, so my father really focused uh, a lot on on, on pipe tobacco, and uh, he um, he started. Um, exporting to the United States in the early 1970s, and uh, that was really his first his first entry into uh, the U.S. market. Right. So, um, so that's that's kind of the the three of the four generations. Yeah. And um, you know, I joined later. <laughs> and <laughs> it became part of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, did you grow up in? Denmark, or did you grow up in in the states? No, I, I did grow up in in Denmark, um, but I, I kind of went through the same um, the same ordeal as my father. So when I was seventeen, after um, you know um, high school in, in in Denmark, my father asked me if I wanted to go to the United States and learn about leaf tobacco, and I said, sure, absolutely. And so they they sent me uh, over here, and um, I spent like him uh, time in uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Kentucky, and for a year uh, where I learned uh, all about leaf tobacco, Virginia's and Kentucky tobacco. And they sent me to grading school where you learn how to grade the different Virginia leaves, and 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 the same with Kentucky tobacco. So. Uh, and so after the year, um, I was uh, I headed back home and uh, and uh, went went back to school for for a couple of years. So so, but it was um, it was a very interesting um, very interesting experience for me. You know, I was a young kid, and uh, yeah. you know, I had a hard time understanding a lot of the people in the uh, Appalachian Mountains. We came back to work, <laughs> to work in the leaf tobacco factories, and uh, uh, because I came with my English school, uh, the uh, school English, and uh, they didn't understand what I was saying. I didn't understand what they were saying, so it was a lot of uh, finger and hand uh, gesturing. So, uh, but, but it was fun. Great too. experience. <laughs> oh 
Oh my God! So, so you you were excited about getting involved in the business at a at a very early age. Yes, I mean, you know, I was, and it was kind of um, Danny it was kind of. I think it was my calling. Um, you know, when I was eight years old, my father used to take me to my grandfather's factory and help out on Saturdays. Uh, you know, that's when people worked on Saturdays, say in the factories and so forth. So, you know, he took me in there and, um, you know, I s slept uh, boxes from one floor to another and uh, helped out the best that I could. And, and that's really how I got involved in in the tobacco business. And, you know, it's so it's just really been it was just it's just been that ever since. So, you know, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know much better, but, you know, I, I do love the industry. I, I do love the, I have a big passion for it. And uh, uh, it, it's been a good life. It really has. That's awesome. Yeah. So now I don't know about you. I'm sure you have, but I am often asked the question, mm -hmm. why pipe smoking, you know, Dan, you know, is, isn't it a dying hobby? Or pipe smoking is just so much work. I just can't get into it. I mean, right. what, are, what are your answers to some of those questions about why? I mean, why would you go into a business that's so many people say is just, you know, so fringe? Mm. You know, I, I'm right with you there. I mean, I'm the manager for pipes and tobacco for for twins in both stores, you know, you know, and, and I've been smoking a pipe for 20 something years. Mm. What, what are your answers for, for people who, you know, is pipe smoking making a comeback, do you think? <laughs> I don't know if it's making a comeback, but I mean, to go back then, you know, I, I entered the business, you know, back in the 19 mid seventies, you know, off and on a little bit and, and really got into it in the 19 late eighties. And at that time, the business was a pretty substantial business. Um, you know, it, it was a big business in the early 1970s, late 1960s. It was, let me give you an example. You know, the brands um, Skoll and Copenhagen the, by U.S. Tobacco, right? Back in the 1960 or 70s, when U.S. Tobacco was the importer of a brand called Borken Riff, Borken Riff was the biggest brand for U.S. tobacco at that time. So it was, they were selling more pipe tobacco during that time that they were selling uh, smokeless tobacco. So pipe tobacco was big and it was huge. And, you know, so when I, when I entered the business, um, you know, it was still a pretty decent business. It has since declined, uh, you know, it's, declined substantially, um, unfortunately. Uh, but I think that what I'm seeing now is that, you know, there's a lot of younger guys who like to pick it up, some of them because their grandfather may have been a pipe smoker. And, you know, they, they think there's something unique, there's something, you know, um, something unique and, and, and different about smoking a pipe versus, you know, enjoying other um, smoking. 
So these guys, you know, they do it a lot for the uh, getting together. It's, it, you know, as a social thing. So they're not like an everyday necessary smoker, but they may smoke, you know, two or three times a week uh, compared to like going back 30 or 40 years ago, you know, pipe smokers, they smoked all day, you know, so that was really, you know, it was a, it was an all day situation. So younger guys are, you know, that I've, that I've talked to them, they, they really like it, uh, they're into it, but they're not volume smokers, if you will. And so I think there is, I think there is definitely, um, uh, younger men who would like to and, and do smoke a pipe and they really enjoy it, but it's not the same as in terms of volume at what it was 30 or 40 years ago. But I think it's good at the end of the day, it's good to see that somebody is passionate about it. And I think, you know, if we look down maybe 20 years, 30 years down the road, I, I think their pipe, pipe smoker is going to be around, but it may be a little bit less. Um, so, so that's kind of my philosophy, you know. Sure. Uh, shoot me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can jive with a lot of what you said. You know, yeah. we have a... a very decent pipe club here that meets at, at uh, Twins uh, mm -hmm. on a basis. And we do have a lot of younger people in that group. You know, if, if everybody showed up at once, there'd probably be somewhere between 25 or 30 people. Yeah. And, um, right. and mm -hmm. they range anywhere from early 20s to about 70. Mm. And uh, some of the people who are in their mid-20s have been smoking longer than some of the older people who are there. I mean, they're, they're right. very passionate about it. And, um, uh, you know, I, I do, I, I, the events that we've been doing since, <laughs> since we started pipe club up again and, you know, twins a couple of years ago, um, really wanted to, to take advantage of the fact that other smoke shops in the area, other cigar shops were not doing anything with, pipes mm. at all and so even though it is kind of a you know these days kind of a niche market mm. since mm. nobody was really doing it seriously why not do it really seriously and take advantage of that and we've really seen a significant uh number of people start coming through the doors and and when we do pipe events um and you know that when we do events around that whole thing uh they do very well and and mm. With the cigar-related events that we do, I think it's, I think it's a, a, I think it's, I think shops miss out when they're not taking advantage of that. Um, you know, I've I've always described it as, as, you know, when people ask me that question, I'll say, look, pipe smoking and cigar smoking, it's the difference between driving an automatic and a standard. Yeah, that's you know, a good point. Yeah. There's a, yes, there's more work to driving a standard, but once you have learned to drive a, a standard transmission car, you may really enjoy driving that car a whole lot more than an automatic because mm -hmm. of all the extra control you have. You may enjoy that extra work. Um, and when you're smoking a pipe, 
you have so much more control over what is going on. You have control of the tastes, the flavors, the draw. Do you mm-hmm. like it looser? Do you like it tighter? Mm-hmm. That's all up to you. Do you want a 15-minute smoke? Do you want an hour and a half? Right. It's all up to you. And um, um, yeah. I that I see too. I, I think you're right, Dan. Yeah. I, and I th- the other element, I think, is that, you know, here you have not only the tobacco, but you also have the pipe area or the, yes. the pipe, which I think a lot of these guys intrigued about you know because it's like a it's a hobby almost it's a, it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. so you have two elements you have the tobacco and you have the pipe and uh, I think that's what a lot of these guys find intriguing yeah you can personalize what you're doing so much more with a right. pipe yeah and you know that whole individualistic mindset is so very popular today. I think that's why a lot of younger people are coming back to pipes. And, um, um, you know, I've, I've often said too, that when you're smoking a cigar, enjoying a cigar, you're taking somebody's finished piece of work and you're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. With pipe, you're taking somebody's finished people, piece of work, the pipe, you're taking somebody's finished piece of work, the tobacco, and then you're adding your, you're adding to it. You're preparing the tobacco the way that you like. You're packing the pipe the way that you like. Um, and it, you then become part of the final process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a mm-hmm. way to get more involved in the experience of, of enjoying the tobacco. Yeah. I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. I Very agree. Good. Thank you, Nick. You're welcome. Thank you, Nick. (laughs) Now, here you were in your family's business doing all this stuff, and then all sorts of stuff kind of happened. And then, when you did, what what brought you to the point where starting your own thing became the idea? Um. You know, it was really, um, uh, it was really, I, I used to work with a, a gentleman down here in Carolina. Uh, he was a marketing advertising guy, and um, I worked with him for 10 years, maybe longer, 12 years. Um, and, and, you know, we, we talked about, you know, just for fun, we talked about, you know, you should start something based on your family's heritage. And um, I said, yeah, you know, maybe. And so we were, you know, we were just kind of shooting the breeze about it. And then, you know, this this whole thing just got together. And, you know, the more we talked about it, the more we thought about it, this could be a good idea. And um, so in 2012, you know, I decided to to um, put my words to action and, you um, and came out with uh, four tobaccos, and uh, yeah, so and haven't looked back since. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, a, you know, it was kind of a tribute and a, mm-hmm. a dedication to to my family and in, in in the business, and um, I just thought it could be fun. Yeah, do that because you know there's not, you know, the the business today is uh, is controlled. As you know, uh, Dan, that controlled by by big corporations, big companies, and um, 
I think it could be fun. Uh, I thought it could be fun to do something that kind of dedicated to a family's life in the in 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 the world of tobacco. So so that was kind of the thought process behind it. Now that that leads to another really good question here. I think you know what's it like being a you're, I mean you're really a boutique maker of tobacco with the fourth gen. You've got you know. Uh, six or eight blends that are out there plus mm -hmm. these three bulks that you're just coming out with you know and and yet you know we've talked in the past about how you know the, most of the manufacturers now are all kind of owned by major conglomerates and stuff like mm -hmm. that what's it like being a really boutique um you know i think it's i think it's fun i think i really do i, I mean it's it's a challenge at times of course but but it's fun, and you know, it it's fun to put your passion into your work, mm -hmm. and, and you know, that's that's really what I do. And um, you know, that there's not a lot of um, brands today where you can put some history, some family heritage behind a brand. Uh, of somebody who's been it for over a hundred years, and and uh, so I, I think that's that's the fun part, you know, and it's you know um, it, it's it's it, it's fun. It's fun to come up with some new products, uh, you know, and 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 um, and just um, dedicate your your work, your passion to, to this one brand. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, but again, you know, it's not, you know, this is not going to be the cap and black of the 2000, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but that's okay that it was never meant to be. So it was meant to be more of a boutique type of brand that for pipe smokers who are really into something unique and good quality and, you know, from when it comes to tobaccos and pipes and so forth. So mm. that's, that's what it was meant to be. Now, what, what to you makes your fourth gen blends stand out from the pack? I mean, why should people try, they have so many choices out there, right? What, what, what should drive people to try some of the fourth generation blends? Well, uh, you know, it's something that I've been personally involved in developing. Um, and, you know, I've, I've developed a lot of pipe tobaccos during my years. And um, so I like to think that, you know, something that I put my name behind is something that pipe smokers would want to try and, and hopefully like. If not, you know, they, at least they tried it. So... <laughs> So that's that's really I think that's my answer that you know I it's something that I that I'm 100% behind and uh, it's it's um, I know it's good quality um, it, it they're good smokes you know and it's it's something that I put a lot of work and effort into. How involved are you in the blending process? Well, I am involved in the original blending process. Um, on the original decision on which blends it should be, uh, once that's settled, once the decision is made on what blends and you know what we finally knit it down to, right. 
then I'm not really involved, much more involved uh, in that. Then it just it became it becomes a you know a manufacturing process. Um, but you know, initially, I'm I'm definitely very much involved. So. Where 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 are your blends made? They are made in Denmark, mm -hmm. and um, you know uh, by good companies and. Um, um, you know, somebody I have a long time relationship with, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, in, in what sense, it, it, well, no, before I go there, let, let's talk to, you don't just, fourth gen is not just about making tobaccos. You also make these fine pipes. I also, well, I, I don't make those. Uh, so, you know, when I started, the fourth generation brand, I initially thought about having, you know, the tobaccos, obviously, because that's my background. That's what I know a lot about. But then I thought further that, you know, it, it could be cool to have pipes that goes along with the with the tobaccos and then eventually have accessories as well that goes along with the pipes and the tobaccos. And so... Uh, about eight years ago, I was at a event in Alabama, and I met this gentleman called Peter Nirop. Uh, at the same event, he was um, exhibiting his pipes, and I had some tobaccos there. Not fourth gen, but I had. So I, I talked to him. I really liked him. I liked his pipes. I liked his quality. And I said, you know, I'm thinking about doing a line of pipes. Uh, would you be interested in, in, in doing that for me? And he said, absolutely. So we went back and forth um, for about six, nine months with different models, um, you know, that that I, I that I would like. And, you know, he certainly had his input as well. And uh, and then, um, yeah, uh, we just came out with, I think, initially uh four pipes, four models in different shapes uh, and different finishes and um, and uh, went from there. And, uh, you know, it's been really, really enjoyable to work with Peter. He's, uh, he's a high quality pipe maker. He's, uh, you know, he stands, he stands for his quality. He, he, he truly believes in his work, and um, it's it's been a very good very good relationship. So he's still making you know your, your regular line pipes today. He is he is making them yeah, and um, like I said he's he's it's been a really it's been a good very good relationship. Uh, him and his wife are I consider them very good dear friends of mine. So so uh, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun, and he's. Uh, He's very creative too, in terms of coming up with uh, new models, and you know. So we, it's really a partnership between him and I. So, well, your pipes, you know, the the pipes that you guys come out with are are just uh, to me so unique looking, mm -hmm. and you know, you, you can you when you see a fourth generation pipe, you know that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there are, you know, I know that Savinelli's, Peterson's, those are so popular and everything, and and certainly brands that we carry at Twins too. But, but uh, when you see a fourth gen pipe, you know instantly that's a fourth gen pipe. Right. You, 
done such a great job of creating these these pipes, and then the, of course the brass bands on there um, that uh, say fourth generation on them that just makes them stand out in such a great classy way. Yeah, um, they're they're really fantastic pipes. Yeah, they they smoke really well. I mean, I I remember when I started with Peter. Uh, he gave me a pipe, or I guess the first sample he sent over, and I still have it, and um, it's like one of my favorite pipes, you know. I mean, he, you know, he, he uses briar that, that's, you know, high-quality Italian briar, and uh, uh, he's very um, particular about, you know, picking out his briar and so forth, so uh, so it, it, it's good quality. And... Um, uh, you know, the band was another thing um, um, that I thought I wanted to do something a little bit different than than brass, but uh, or silver. So we decided to go with bronze. So the band is actually made out of bronze, and uh, and we have done some different bands, um, unique bands uh, here in the past, and we're just about to come out with a new. A uh, limited edition band as well that's coming here um, towards Christmas, uh, beginning of the new year. So, and he's so you know he's working with a jeweler in in Copenhagen that makes these really beautiful, beautiful bands. So, so that's that's been another fun part. Very creative. Danes do good stuff with pipes. They do. They do. <laughs> they do. They, long history. Long history of pipe making. Mm. Yeah. Now, how has being a Stokeby helped you in your endeavors to bring fourth gen to the market and introduce it to the pipe world and stuff like that? Uh, it's, it's been, it's been good. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I own my, I owe my, my, my old man, Peter, a lot of credit. I mean, he, he really came to the United States back in the late seventies, early 1980s and, and put himself, let's say on the market here with his tobaccos. And, um, you know, um, he's, he's every retailer's best friend. Uh, or was I should say, um, but he, you know, he was a fantastic salesperson, and uh, he um, he he did a he did a great job, and you know everybody loved him. So you know, coming behind him, if you will, um, you know, I can thank him for making it easier for me to launch something new, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Now. What are ways in which it's been a challenge for you to out from your father's shadow and your grandfather's shadow? I think you know he's, he's produced he produced some blends that are still bestsellers today. Mm -hmm. You know, I I know that this flake is going to be compared to some Peter Stokeby flakes. Sure, nothing to do with <laughs> and. And people are confused, thinking you're Stokeby. There's, it must be the same. But you know, how how do you how how does that work? How do you try and make it your own and not just live on on past generation names? Right. Um, well, you know, I think that 
you know, you, you have to create your own personality. You have to, and, and you have to be you, yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad and I were certainly different, but we, we did have a long time, great relationship uh, working together. And, um, you know, um, so I think that, you know, I am who I am and he was who he was. And, but, you know, and hopefully people will believe in me if I tell them that, you know, I'm coming out with this new blend and you really going to like it. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, that's, I guess that's really what it comes down to. Um, but, um, I, I think, I think that, you know, looking back, I think it, it's definitely been an advantage to have him putting such a high profile on, on our name, um, than, than anything else. Mm. So that's, that's how I like to look at it. Now, you've recently joined up with um, Mango Cigar Company there, who is going to be distributing your your pipes and tobaccos. How did you come into working with them? Well, uh, I was with this uh, Phillips and King on the West Coast, and uh, we decided to part ways. And um, so, you know, I... I um, I talked to Mike Gold, who's the CEO and owner of Barranco Cigar Company, and I've known Mike and his wife, Linda, for 25, 30 years, long time. So we're, you know, good friends. And uh, I, I felt that that would be a great partnership because, you know, Arango is definitely very focused on pipe tobaccos and pipes with Eric Nording pipes. Uh, Chacom pipes. Uh, they have a uh, lot of great tobaccos, um, you know, from from uh, from England and from Germany, and um, so they're very focused on it. So I thought, you know, I think both Mike and and I felt it would be a really good partnership to to bring the fourth generation into his fold and uh, and go from there. So um, and and so far it's it's been great. That's awesome. So the yeah, yeah. As far as those things go smoothly, <laughs> yes, yes. It, you know, it, it's it's a it's a smaller company that I worked with before, but um, like I said, um, definitely very focused on pipe tobacco and pipes, and uh, right up my alley. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and Linda's a and Linda's, who I work with over there. You know, she's my contact, and uh, uh-huh. only known her for about a year or so, but she seems great. Yeah. She's a very sweet lady. Yeah. Now, um, you're coming out with some new stuff you told me earlier today. I am. Um, I, uh, so we have um, – actually, first, I should I – should, we have a 2012 Virginia Flake. Nice. Uh, which we just launched. Yeah, Nick, I see you like it. And that's actually what I'm smoking right now. Okay. Very nice. Just pure Virginia, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in along with the 2012 pipe tobacco, we're going to have a 2012 pipe. Oh, look at that. Uh-oh. So that's coming out here towards the end of the year and in the sandblast as well. Ooh. So, oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. 
So that's going to be really nice. So hopefully we'll have that in here before Christmas. Um, that's at least what we are hoping. So that's that's a uh, new new things on the pipe side. And then uh, last year we did a limited edition um, humidor box with a very special Virginia tobacco, and uh, did very did very well with it. Uh, for um, we launched it at the uh, IPCPR in 2019 and sold out pretty quickly. So we decided to do it again this year. I don't know whether it's going to be this year or early part of 2021, but we're going to have fourth generation. Uh, it's called PD Kentucky. Ooh. And it's basically a little humidor. Mm -hmm. This is empty. And each, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but it's, it's going to be a sliced uh, kind of rope tobacco. Oh, uh, PD Kentucky with a lot of uh, good uh, Kentucky tobacco in there, and um, each box is going to be numbered from one to two thousand five hundred. So that's the limited edition. Now, last year the the limited edition was something that you and uh, John Galwith, I think, yes, made together. Is this the with the same collaboration? It's not with the same manufacturer. It's a new manufacturer. Uh, in Denmark uh, that we uh, hooked up with and uh, they're going to be doing uh, this um, PD Kentucky for us. That's fantastic. That yeah, was... so like I said, hopefully either, I I'm thinking January. Okay. So, uh, but um, Get Sean yeah, on. yeah, <laughs> so we should <laughs> absolutely keep well with it. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and now for, for people listening out there, we are doing a pipe show with uh, Eric's stuff and a lot of other um, uh, things from Orango Cigars this coming Saturday, November 14th from 12 to 4 p.m. Fourth Gen Nording Butchukan. Um, uh, there's going to be tons of pipes available and they're all going to be on sale. It's going to be a great, great time. Uh, not going to want to miss that. And all of Eric's, uh, the well, all, the three new bulk blends Excellent. are going to be there. They're all going to be available for people to, to get at the event as well. Um, and Linda set me up with a, uh, with a uh, uh, display, you know, the three-jar display right. store. Okay. So very glad for that. Excellent. She came through with that. That was awesome. I, what I want to know now is, you know, um, maybe we've kind of defeated the purpose of this whole blind thing, you know, having this great conversation <laughs> with Eric. And, you know, but uh, we didn't know what it was. We hadn't smoked it before tonight. No. So I guess the question is, does it live up to the, to the, to the hype? Is it all that? Would you buy it again? Would you smoke it again? What, what do you guys what do you guys think of this tobacco? First of all, I would absolutely smoke this again. This this could be an all day smoke for me. Yeah, um, I for think sure. the uh, mm -hmm. and any type of of spice, uh, the subtle spice that was there in the beginning has has been subdued. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the I believe the pairing is bringing out a little bit more of the the fruit tones of the of the tobacco, mm -hmm. uh, picking up a little bit more uh, earthy wood, still mm -hmm. a little still a little bit of the hay in the bread, but the fruit notes have just been. The amazing. Most, the most amazing uh, dominant flavor. 
And then the, the retro hail, wow. Just mm -hmm. super, yeah. super smooth. Oh, yeah. Just right. fantastic. This, this is an absolutely all-day smoke for me. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Yep. Nick, what do you think? Mm. All day. All day. I've smoked this all day. Still, with the scotch that I'm having, uh, the fruit flavors come through a little bit more. Um, still getting a nice little zip on the retro hail. That perique in there, that little touch of perique is still kind of present. Um, still have some nice complexity, real nice body. Um, and I, I, it's, I guess it lives up to the hype. It's full gen. You're going to get a good tobacco. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Dave? You're the Virginia <laughs> loving queen around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. We've got to give a uh, crown. Yeah. And a bodice. Bodice. A bodice. Bodice. Um, no, I, I'm 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 a lover of Virginias. I love the Virginias. I love the the, the dry fruits, the breads, the haze. Uh, the perique just adds like a perfect retro hail. It's super smooth. It's definitely an all day smoke for me, and I'm it's definitely going to be in my rotation. That's mm. absolutely true. Now I, I, I have to ask. This isn't a question that I had written down, but what made you decide to go with bulk blends? I think this is going to be. I think I've had all. I've had the other two. Mm -hmm. blends. They're all really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, you're gonna. You're gonna be giving your dad stuff some run for the money. Let me tell you. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. What made um, you decide to come out with bulk blends? Well, you know, it was. I had a lot of inquiries request for it over the years. And I was kind of said, well, you know, I, I don't think I want to do that. I think I want to continue the tins. And so, but finally, you know, I guess I, I broke down. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I said, okay, you know, we should do this. And um, I said, but let's do three new and different blends and not what's available in the tins. So that's, that's what we, that's what we did. And um, I'm, I'm glad we did it because, uh, you know, and, and, you know, to be honest, you know, a, a big part of uh, pipe tobacco is sold in bulk in the United States. So, uh, you know, that's a, another good reason for doing it. So, um, so hopefully, you know, we just, it's just, just being launched and um, hopefully they'll have a, a nice and good reception by the pipe smokers. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, uh, the, the uh, um, warning blend, I, I'll tell you, it's 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 already one of my top favorite, my top aromatics. Excellent. That it's got this orange zest kind of aroma to it to mm -hmm. me, and mm -hmm. it's just it's 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 not over the top. It's not an over the top aromatic, but it's mm -hmm. it's just enough. That's just that nice fruity, um, citrusy feeling, and it, you know it would go great with a cup of coffee in the morning. Yes, just a fantastic smoke, and the uh, the afternoon melange. I, I'm not a huge Latakia guy. It's mm -hmm. I, 20 years ago when I started smoking pipes, I was all into the big heavy Latakia stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kind of like everything else, you know. What what's the strongest thing you got? Give it to me. Right, right. <laughs> right. And you know, so nightcap and all those things, uh, but it kind of burned me out. Mm -hmm. 
idea. And, um, um, but your the, the, the afternoon melange was just so nice. Good. Smooth, yeah. complex. I mean, it's, I really think they're going to be great. It's kudos, man. I, 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 I think they're going to be great. Thanks. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind of words. And, um, yeah, I, I, I hope so. I hope that, uh, they'll be, uh, uh, welcomed by, by, uh, pipe smokers. Um, so we'll, we'll certainly be reviewing them at some point in the future on, on the show. We'd love to have you back to talk about those. If you'd be sure. Love to do it. Love to do it. Yes. Anytime. So, uh, that's, the end of our first half here. Thanks, Eric, for being with us. I, I had I had one. I one saw more I had thing? one more question, uh, which I felt was uh, kind of important. Yes. Yes. And that is, what do you do when I'm not doing the fourth generation stuff? Oh yes. What do you do when you're not? I I forgot. And, I, you know, I'm an avid tennis player. And tennis. Tennis player, and I, I would like you to give Sean a message that next time I'm up to see you guys for an event, mm -hmm. that I'm going to kick his butt. Oh. <laughs> All right. Nice. <laughs> I will personally deliver that message. I don't sure. think it's going to happen, but just tell him that. <laughs> I will do that. I would I love to that. be there when you do it, too. I'll pay, <laughs> pay for that event. Are you, able, are you able to enjoy a pipe while you're playing tennis? No. No, <laughs> and I will tell you a story. When I when I was younger and uh, when I lived in Denmark and I was playing tennis, I played with a teacher, and this guy he was a heavy duty non filtered cigarette smoker, and he was still a very good tennis player. Yeah. This guy was such a heavy smoker that he would put his cigarette into the grid of the tennis racket while he was playing. <laughs> In order not to put it out. Wow, that's so that's, that's a pretty serious tennis and and cigarette smoker. <laughs> that is pretty sticking. Was that? Were you playing against John McEnroe? <laughs> God, it's, it's, it's like John McEnroe right there. Yeah. Oh, that's so, fun. Yeah. Anyway. Oh well, thank anyway, you. Anyway, it's been it's been great fun, guys, and and thank you for having me on the show, and um, I really appreciate it, and thanks for all the kind of words. Oh, you're totally oh, welcome. absolutely. Thanks yeah. for thanks, thanks for, for giving uh, giving us this preview of of the tobacco here, and that was delicious. I I hope it ends up being good. This is this is stuff that lives up to the hype. Yes, it absolutely. Does. We'll, we'll do it again. Okay, sweet. Okay. Right. Hang in there, people. We're going to switch over to cigars, refill Thanks. the glasses, and we'll be right back. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for hanging in there with us. Now we are in our cigar portion of the show. And uh, I asked Sean our esteemed general manager at Twins to pick out a cigar for us to smoke blind, something that would match uh, the qualifications for tonight, to pick out a cigar from a well-known brand that people think is awesome. Whew. Or 
at the very least, the company that makes it says it should be awesome. The bands from the cigars have been removed, as you can see, and we have no idea what it is. I have no idea what it is. And a little bit later in the show, uh, I will reveal what the cigar is. I have a message uh, on my phone waiting for me to open uh, from Sean <laughs> that will tell me what the cigar is and all the details of it and everything. But for now, um, we are smoking this cigar. It is a Toro. It is six inches by, we think, 54. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And um, it lit up very nice. It had some salty and cocoa flavors to the cold draw. And um, I'm just getting into it now. But before we get more into the cigar, we have a special pairing with this tonight, Paul. What are we pairing with this mystery stick? You're going to find out later. Oh, um, he's playing hard to get. Uh, it's, so we're going to play that. Is it all that? Is it is all that? It, is oh, it all that? Let's, let's look at this drink. It's probably blatant. It's it's no. It's, it smells good. Yeah, it tastes good, and it's blatant. No, it's not. Mm. Oh man, that is smooth. Yes. Mm. Very smooth. That's definitely a bourbon. Yeah. I'm thinking a hundred proof. It's got some. <laughs> Yes, Nick can Nick, Nick, Nick can Nick. sense the proof of things. If you, if you get not. the if you get the exact proof, you get a cigar. Nope. Seriously? He's a proof. The exact reader. proof. You have to be exact. Exact. Oh, I don't know if I can be exact. Oh. The draw on my cigar here is a little bit tight. Mm -hmm. Is anyone else's a little yeah. bit tight? Yeah, mine's mm -hmm. tight. Yep. Not like not like bad, but it's tight. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's I'm, a little tighter than I like. I I think the draw on mine is perfect. Yeah. Dave, mm -hmm. what about you? I think it's a little tight. A little tight? Mm. So Nick's is either different from ours or... He's got incredible suction power. He's got... Well, I am a power smoker. <laughs> he is a stoof sucker. I've had this cigar before. <laughs> you don't believe you've had, you've had all the I've cigars. smoked before. everything in the walk-in. I smoke everything in the walk-in, man. Don't tell me I haven't smoked nothing. Well, hopefully we've all smoked this before. Hopefully. Hopefully. So the wrapper binder filler is unknown. It is a Toro size, 6 by 54 we're going with. And um, what are what are you picking up on the cigar here, Paul? A lot of earth. Mm. A lot of earth, a little bit of cocoa, um, maybe a tad bit of spice, mm -hmm. pretty smooth. Um, those are the primary flavors I'm picking up initially. Okay. Dave, what about you? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Some Thank you, and Dave, for being yep. so and some helpful. leather. He is. Um, he's, he's so educated. Oh, gosh. Yep. I feel like the drink is kind of maybe overpowering it a little point. Ooh. I don't think so. I think it's just right. Um, <laughs> I think Excuse the drink... me while I spit. <laughs> <laughs> I think the drink is just right. You get a little bit it's of a... bringing out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to overtime. It's okay. It's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are the younger brother. So. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Getting a slight pepper in the retro hail, you know, warms my nose. Mm. Um, it's very smooth. I would say that it's um, medium minus. Medium minus. <laughs> what does okay. that mean? For strength. It means oh, okay. Okay. 
Now, I'll, I'll say this about the cigar. It looks like it's burning really well for me. Incredibly What's well. What's everybody else seeing there? You got a little uh, bit, a little, little wanky here, but uh, not too bad. Not too bad wanky. for you. A little wank. A little wank for wank. you. No, and not for me. I'm good just... for you. So two of us have pretty straight burns. The other have some roller coaster. A little bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, there. Yeah, okay. Now, um, to me, this is you know medium body at mm -hmm. best. Mm. Medium body at best. So, yeah. you know, I, I can't disagree with Dave's medium minus because at best I would say it's medium. Um, earthy notes, some cocoa. Um, hmm. I'm not pretty, pretty smooth. Little bit, little bit of spice in the retro. I can't get much of a retro because the draw is not all that great for me. It's not really all that. Well, I don't know yet, but you know the draw is not producing a whole lot of smoke. Let's put it just a tad bit of spice on the retro hill. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm gonna That's make it. I'm gonna make a a minor prediction. Oh god, on the there tobacco. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it seems to me it might be all Nicaraguan or a good portion of it is Nicaraguan. I don't think there's a distinct taste there. Okay. That I don't think it's Dominican, and I don't think it's um, Honduran. I think Honduran tobacco is going to have a lot more nutty spice uh, to it, like an Aladino or an Aurora. Right. Um, definitely not Honduran. Definitely not Honduran. Nope. Dominican tobacco is is going to be a little bit more bolder, but a little bit more flat as far as the taste goes. Bolder and flatter. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can comprehend that. Um, trying we'll try and keep it. up, Nick. Uh, there is some... <laughs> yeah, thank you. There is some sweetness there. Yeah. Um, definitely earth. Uh, Paul, do you get the leather note on that? Just maybe, a little bit. Maybe Just on, a the, little bit. on the finish you get the leather? Just a little bit. Um, and I definitely have to agree with Paul and all you guys saying that it's definitely a medium body. It's nothing, yeah. nothing over a medium. Really nice. So far, so good. But definitely thinking that it majority of it is Nicaraguan tobacco in here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, next question. Question. Um, how complex do you think the cigar is? Um, uh, not very. Right now, not very. Well, what would you say? A scale of one to ten, or one out of five? <laughs> I'll help you what out. Nick. I'll go one out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, I'd say about a six. I'd say about for a complexity. six for complexity. I'd say about really? a six. Yeah. Right. I'd say it's up what's there. A, it's got some things going on with it that I'm what's, really what's enjoying. What's a five? What's going um, on that you enjoy? The sweetness, the earth. There is a tad bit of spice on the retro hail, um, and it is incredibly rich. I don't know if don't you get that. The, no? I, I'm I not thinking it's rich. But I'm having trouble because I can't draw on it. That's that unfortunate. Way. I mm. can draw on this. This is really good. I'm going to say complexity-wise it's a three. Mm. Tres. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm just picking up like earth is is the is the dominant. Yeah. Uh, note. Yeah. With a little bit of sweetness, just a tad bit of sweetness, yep. and just a little bit of spice, and that's pretty. Spice. much I've it. had this before. I'm trying to I'm trying to pin it. You've only have 1,700 facings of the humidor. I know, but I know them all. Narrow it down, my friend. I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to. Picture the cigar in the walk-in, uh -huh. um, in this shade, um, shade, in this uh, now, particular Vitola. I'll, I'll tell you this, too. It's a very flat 
hmm. you know, uh, flat sheen on the on the wrapper. Yes. There's not a whole lot of oils on it. No, it's it's very velvety. It is. It's got velvety. some yep. it's velvety. It's not very toothy at all. No, it's not super smooth. Um, you know, you know, and there's there's no real obvious veins on this. I mean, you can see them, mm -hmm. but you can't really feel them so much. No. And the seams are virtually invisible. You can barely see them in the light. Um, but I tell you, so far, the best thing about this cigar is the burn. Yeah. The yes. burn is solid. It burns, baby. It's solid. Is yours correcting itself some? A little bit, yeah. A little bit? A little bit. Dave, how's your... You're stacking, perfect. stacking perfect. some dimes now. Yeah. So we got... It's well-constructed. Yeah. Very well constructed. Yeah. All right. Now, um, I don't know. I think the drink's too strong for it. What? I think you're a baby, but hey, that's just my opinion. I like the drink. I just think it's too strong for the cigar. Mm -hmm. Baby, know? Davey. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> if you were going to take a guess about the the brand of the cigar, what would you what would you pick, Paul? All right. Honestly, I'm 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 at a loss. You're at a loss. <laughs> I'm at a loss. You're at a loss. I really don't know what to think. I mean, I I think I agree with Nick. I think there there is probably some Nicaraguan tobacco in here. So that narrows only, it down. I you know I'm not Gosh. I'm not one of these guys that can totally narrow it. My palate's not so great that I pick out countries. I can't go ooh Peru. You know <laughs> you can't I, you know in the wine Peru. But you know. I, I can generally pick out what's Honduran because to me that's it got its own real unique flavor to it. Absolutely. Um, and Dominican Dominican tobacco tends to dry out my mouth some. Mm. This is not doing that. Right. So I'm thinking you're right. I'm thinking this is probably a Nicaraguan blend. Yep. Of something. But something. Is it a? Do you think it's all Nicaraguan? Do you think it's blended with something else? I think it's a blend. I, I think, think I it's think it's a, a blend too. I think it's probably Nicaraguan and and Dominican. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um. Mm, I may have to disagree with that one, Paul. I think it's definitely Nicaraguan, but I don't think there's any Dominican in here. I think. Um, what do you think is in it? If you think it's a mix. Well, I think. With Dominican tobacco, I'm sorry. With Nicaraguan, if it was a Nicaraguan puro or something like uh, Perdomo produces, where it's all Nicaraguan but from different regions like Jalapa and uh, Condega, mm -hmm. you're getting different um, flavor profiles there with a lot of deep chocolate, right. uh, a lot of earth, some wood notes in there, some cocoa notes. This one is, doesn't really have that, mm -hmm. but it the sweet note is very different from a Perdomo. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe it has, uh, maybe a Sumatra wrapper on it. Sumatra. Really? Maybe. Um, maybe a Habano wrapper or something. Maybe. But Habano. with the with the with the with Whoa. the sweetness that I'm getting, I think maybe a Sumatra wrapper. Maybe. Is it Sumatra kind of spicy? I would say that with a Sumatra or Habano, you get a lot more spice. Maybe. Mine has like. Again, it's just an educated guess, gentlemen. I would. It's definitely. It's also got three caps, and the band on mine was right around here. Oh, so is it a Cuban? Think it's a Cuban? 
No. It's not. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know where the band was? Because I can see the glue. So sure it was down here in the middle of the cigar? Yeah. You can't you see that sheen right there? I can see the sheen, but... All right, it's nowhere else on the cigar. I don't so think... it's got to be the glue. I don't, think the, I don't think the band was in the middle of the cigar. Well, that tells you where it is. Yeah. Does it? Does it tell you maybe where your mouth was? No. Oh, boy. All right. Next question here. What would you pay for this cigar? We'll start with Nick. Hey. Yeah. What would you pay for this cigar? Would you pay for this cigar? If you were... If you were the guy wanting to move this in a store, yeah, what would you want to price it at I'd, so that people would buy it? I'd say I'd say probably the probably around the eight eight fifty nine dollar range. Eight fifty or nine bucks. Yeah, I think there's some really nice character to the cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm still kind of sticking with the Nicaraguan tobacco. Maybe a Sumatra wrapper. Maybe some Sumatra in there. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go any higher than nine bucks, maybe nine fifty, um, depending on I guess the 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 company that's pushing this out or whatnot, um, because different companies. It's your are, company. Oh, my company. <laughs> the, the the Nick company. I definitely $1 say eight fifty. You can't you I'd can't call it Nick sticks. That's already. No, right. yeah, all right. Nicotine sticks. Nicotine sticks. Nicotine. Yeah. Another an, another another day, another smoke. Doesn't stick. feel like there's a lot of nicotine yeah. in this. Um, no, God no. Um, Adas. Yeah, right Otis. there. Otis. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, um, <laughs> Dave what, what about you? What would you, what would you, if you were putting this cigar on the market? It's hard for me because no, it's you know, not. No, it is because you know I I, I don't smoke know anything about business. <laughs> I, I, I have no <laughs> idea. What I'm I just about I just like now. to play games. Well, no, I, I've, yeah. I've had I've had. I'm just gonna worry about the recording. I've had a thirty-three dollar cigar and I got nothing but air from it. You know, and everybody else is like, "This is amazing," and I'm just like, "It's uh, you know, it tastes like just like a white label ash to me." And I don't know. So don't talk uh, about Lauren cigars like that. I know, right? How so, dare you? I'm just slapped you. I'm a whore for Little Roma de Cuba. That's all that matters. Um, yes, you are. I am, and um, I don't know. What would I pay for this? Yeah, what would you pay for this? <sighs> Quickly, Dave. This is not a dead air based I know. program. I don't know. I'm six bucks. Yeah, six bucks. Six bucks. Six. Six on it. Six bucks. Paul. Six to seven bucks. Six to seven bucks. Yes. Why does it deserve six to seven bucks? It doesn't have a lot of flavor for me. No. I, I I personally <gasps> would like to see more. Uh, I know what it is. More flavor. A little bit more spice. A little bit more. Uh, Character, you have it. no idea. Yeah, what a little it bit is. more complexity. Totally this is, is this to me is like you say, medium at best, uh, three uh, th- three at the most on terms of complexity on the scale. Um, it's just it's just a lot of earth without a lot of anything else. So I'd say maybe six seven bucks tops. Now, Dave, you were saying you think you know what this is. Mm. What do you think it is? I'm not going to. Well, I told no, Nick, I, I, so I, we're going to find out. We're going to find out at the know, end. Of, I, I want to know what you think I wanna, it is. I want to say <laughs> what anything. Do you I want to no. be able to say, I was right. No, what is it? What do you think it is? <sighs> what do I think it is? Yeah, what do you think it is? I think it is the Charter Cabano. You think it's a Charter Cabano? 
Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Um, we'll find out. Here's, here's show. my thing. I Earth is now the dominant flavor yeah. of the cigar. Yeah. There's a lot of there, there's a fair amount of pepper in the retro. I have to suck on this cigar really hard to get enough smoke to put through my nose to get that retro. Um, it's. I'll be honest. I, I'm not really enjoying this cigar very much. No, not, it, not much either. I, on a scale of one to ten, if I were going to give the cigar a number, mm. maybe a three or four. Yeah. How? Yeah. Man. What would you give it? I'd probably give it like a six or a seven. A six or a seven. Well, <laughs> I think you, you smoke got a everything under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying. I don't know. I, the draw is good. The burn's good. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. really good I taste. I can't complain about the burn. Yeah. I can't complain about hey, the construction. The bourbon, this is there. the bourbon that that Paul is providing this evening is extremely well. Yeah. I I am enjoying everything all around. I had a great pipe. Yeah. We got to speak to Eric. I'm having a really good night. This is a really good night, but is it a really good cigar? Is what I'm saying. I think it's an. I think it's a a a, a six. You I think, think it's, it's a six. six. Okay, I'm going to go with three. You're going to go with a six. What would you go with, Dave? Scale of one to ten. He's going to say like a two. 2.95. Negative one. With a, you know, one being like a, well, I don't know what you think is a one. And a ten being a really great La Aroma de Cuba Robusto. (laughs) No, no, no. no, no. So my my ten is is the... uh, is the placentia fuerte? The placenta, you didn't even say it right. Forte? How placentia dare you? Forte. Placentia fuerte. Alma fuerte. Mm-hmm. Alma fuerte. Chocolate. What size? The Figurado. Mm-hmm. That's a okay. good one. Yeah, so on a scale of one to ten, mm. what would you what would you say this is? <sighs> Again, I'd, I'd have to give it. I'd have to give it like maybe a four point five. Four point five. So we have a three, a six, a four point five. Paul. Three. Three. Three on it. The threes have it. Three's got it. <laughs> so, you know, you average those together, but four point something. All right. So let's uh, open up my secret message. Hold on. Before Sean. you do that, let me make my prediction on yeah, this because I've been thinking about this. Okay. I'm not putting this over there. Come on, say something. This is not a all right, show. All right, all right, all uh, right. Romeo and Juliet, Nicaraguan. Romeo and Juliet, Nicaraguan. Blue label, not the blue white label. label. So we're talking a blue label. Yeah, the Reserve Yale, Nicaraguan. Okay. Mm. Oh, no, I've had that before. I know, we all had it before. This cigar. Drum roll. H. Upman, the banker. Oh. 1844. Reserve Toro. I was close. It is an Ecuadorian Hansen wrapper. Ah. Which may be Habana. What the frick is that? I don't know what a Hansen is. Yeah. It might be Habana. It's an Ecuadorian wrapper. It is a uh, a Nicaraguan Jalapa binder. Yeah. Dominican and Nicaraguan. So there was Dominican in there. There was Dominican in there. There was Dominican in there. Medium bodied, creamy, and earth notes. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Carl uh, Herman Upman uh, and two aggressive bankers traveled to Cuba in 1844 
and set out to create an incredible cigar for their wealthy clients. They were very successful in creating the factory in the late 1800s. And in the 1920s, their bank and vault held uh, all the cigars that held all the cigars burned down and the factory shut down in 1922. Ever oh, since, many people have tried to and are unsuccessful at resurrecting each of them. Mm. So, I was close, man. Mm. I was pretty close. close. I was you pretty were close. close. Romeo and Juliet is an H. Upman. They all get sold by Altidus. Romeo they? and Juliet in Nicaraguan was so much better. Uh, all right. Again, yeah, that's, that's made by A.J. Fernandez, and I've had that a couple of times, and that that's that's a that's a good cigar. <sighs> I was way off. You were way off, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got right, the I Nicaraguan and Dominican. I got the right. Habano right though. No, that's not a Habano. That's that's what is it called? A, a Hanson? Mm -hmm. well, well, what's a Hanson? I don't it's know. I, I think I think he means Habano. Um, yeah, it's a Habano wrap. Ha. Okay. And um, let's see. And what's the, what's the retail for this? That's where the, the sweet. Oh, it is about eight bucks. Let's see here. <laughs> Looking up uh, what the retail price Boy, here it, is. On but these. Sean really dug deep into the humidor. Yeah, he uh, did. To to because I yeah. never would have thought. Well, anything's possible with since we have seventeen hundred facings. But I thought it would, it would have been something that maybe have been more of a I, it, not to put mm -hmm. this down. It's just more mm -hmm. of a mainstream type of mm -hmm. cigar that we may have <laughs> encountered more of. You know. Well, this is. This is a amongst the Altidus, you know, Romeo and Juliet's and Upman's and all the people that look for those type of cigars. This is one of the cigars that is often asked about when they're looking for uh, Upman cigars. Let me see here. Um, I'm trying to remember what this uh, what this cigar. I think you need to just take out the 1844 and just put the banker. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, it's that one. This one here. Yep. yep. The green label. Yep. yep. Okay, here we go. And of course, they they don't uh, <laughs> sell cigars by the singles. Let's see here. Okay. Feel free to keep talking while we're. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what the pairing is. Okay. Well, hold on. Let me get. Let me. Let me see if I can get yeah, get, get the food. exact ABV. Yeah, uh, ABV geez. boy. Exact proof, man. Here we go. Feel the burn. Feel it. Nick, you are the alcohol. <laughs> um, I'd say probably. About a hundred, I'd say one ten. Close, but no cigar. Uh, oh, what do we got? Okay, so there's a little bit of a backstory to this. Oh, so, I like so today, when Kendra came in, she was bringing the potion master. She was bringing her shopping. She went to the liquor Sausage store and and, and <laughs> was bringing a lot of uh, liquors to the uh, to fill the. Uh, the lounge upstairs. So, anyways, I was helping her with that, and she goes, "Oh, by the way, this 
Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So the cigar retails for around eight bucks. All right. So <clears throat> we were we were right on when uh, they were asking for it. Um, I think eight bucks is kind of a ripoff. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't pay that much. I wouldn't pay that much for it. So um, so anyway, let me let me just tell you what the yeah. pairing is. So <clears throat> anyway, she was saying, oh, the the liquor store on uh, in Hooks it on the highway <clears throat> at the rest stop has this specific bourbon that's available, but you got to call and reserve one because it's going to go very quick. <clears throat> and she told me what it was, and I immediately called them, placed my order. After work, I shot up there, got the bottle, brought it back here, and I wanted to share with you guys. Oh. It is the Weller Antique 107. No. Yes. What does that mean? That's it's. it's, <laughs> it's what does that mean? It's a good one. It's a Kentucky Ooh. straight bourbon whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's something that gets released only a couple of times a year. Yeah. It's it's not as hard to find as Blanton's, but it's mm-hmm. right up there. Um, they were pretty much, they, I guess they had, uh, went through their entire allotment and, uh, it's, it's made by Buffalo Trace Distillery, okay. which yeah. makes the same, uh, as the, uh, Pappy Van Winkle. Yep. Blanton. Well, those, uh, I definitely, I definitely think that those bottles up there, I see yeah. those yeah. are wellers. I definitely think that the bourbon was fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Very, very smooth. Much better. Fruity, spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of flavor with this. Flavor, flavor. And again, it's 107, so you're now, three points off. I was close. You, close. you, you know, kind of were close on the proof, but did you think it was good? The or did the you, bourbon? Do you just? The bourbon you know, disgusting. No. Does does the bourbon? Is its goodness or badness only dependent on the proof for you? Uh, no. Well, Most single malts uh, that I drink, which that's are... That's not a single malt. <laughs> I know it's not a single malt. I'm just so saying. You're saying like if it's good, if it's good, if it determines... If, I think oh. it's good determining on the proof, and it's not. Most single malts that I drink are going to be 80 proof, so I don't really go and... You know, most of the time I do, I pick, you know, yes, the strongest bourbon that's if out it's there. it's not 100 something, you don't drink it. Most of the time. Most but of the time. this being at 107? Paul? 107. 107. 107. Yep, 53.5% alcohol. It's, it's fantastic. I love what Heather this just, is, I love what Heather just commented. She goes, Everyone and their brother has been posting Weller Picks today. I should have guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Because it just came out. Yeah. It just was really And this is actually one Weller, that I've Weller. been kind of hunting for for a little while now. So well, yeah. Now you can say you had it. Yep. And it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I concur. Thank you very much, Paul. You're Heather, welcome. You don't need to give Dave a talking stick. You need to give him like a <laughs> handkerchief or something. Yes, sure can, a respirator. Can, you know, not inhaling. Maybe some good drugs. Inhaling alcohol is a bad idea. Yes, yeah. yes. Most of us who are in our forties and fifties have figured that out. I'm neither. Yes, Nixon is thirties. I am the youngest here at this panel. Yes, at thirty-five. We we know that for a fact. Yes. <laughs> oh my! Now, having. Figured that out. What what does this tell us about the effect of branding and name recognition on the cigar in this particular case? Mm. That naming and, and brand recognition doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, 
that's Paul's impression here. I don't, Dave, because Dave, I, because H. Upman, I, I like H. Upman cigars. I really do. I like. I've had several of theirs, and they're really, really good. The Connecticut Broadleaf. Um, yeah. The uh, the the Connecticut. Um, the uh, H. The H. Upman AJ is fantastic. Yep. Um, this one just unfortunately well doesn't live up to the hype. Uh, see, I think that's that's an, uh, not knowing what the cigar is. You can kind of get into a mindset of you know, then you're comparing it to your personal palate. If you know the cigar, you know what to expect from it, and you can enjoy it just because of what you know it is. Like some days you might just really want like a mild cigar, and I think this would be a great morning cigar with a cup of coffee. I think it would be, you know, probably more like a six or a seven with a cup of coffee in the morning. Is that Dunkin' Donuts coffee, Dave? No. Because <laughs> then it would no, be a great not. pairing. Lousy <laughs> cigar with a lousy pairing of coffee. Yes. Very good. Nick? Donut shop coffee. Donut shop coffee. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good cigar for the price. H. Upman with Altidus bunched in with Romeo and Juliet and Monte Cristos. I think this is a really good cigar on an entry level of that caliber of of price um when i look at h upman it doesn't really um there's not really hype there for me if it was a romeo and juliet number two or monte cristo number two that for me that's a lot of hype there um but this one i never saw that there's a lot of hype i think it goes really great with what they're saying what they're trying to put out and the price point that we have it at because I know it's like about eight fifty nine bucks. So let me ask you something: with, yeah. with a company like Altidus, which is a, a big company and it's owned by even the larger conglomerate, it okay? is yes. And they they obviously market their cigars to the extreme, just like all the other they big do. big boys. I do. think this one, okay. this one, I don't think I've ever seen it marketed quite. Not, not like Monte Cristo, not right. like Romeo and Julieta. Okay, we 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 understand that. But if you go on to these online sites, you'll see you know the banker and 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 the other lines there that uh, are under the Monte Cristo and Romeo and Julietas as well. And they get they get a they get a decent amount of hype. But you had to go to those sites to 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 see that. That's why we get a lot of customers who come in and asking for this. I, I think that's unless they get it from some other cigar shop that's that's pushing it. True. I think that's where they're getting it from. But and again, I'm just going to use this as an as a as an example. You know, the cigar that I love wholeheartedly, at roughly the same same amount of money, yeah. the Luzioni Cigar Privé, which gets no hype. It gets none. We, other we, than you, other but. than other than me or anyone else who smoked <laughs> it who likes it. You know, that's that that goes to show you that that the marketing and whatever hype they give it doesn't necessarily live up to. Well, I think I think in that aspect. It's, and again, this is my personal opinion about the about Altidus, about all the cigars that they have in their portfolio. Sure. You have, you know what I mean. If you're comparing um, Illusion to Altidus, Altidus has an unbelievable portfolio. They got Monte yep. Cristos, yep. which you have every line of Monte Cristos. You have Romeo and Juliets. Um, they now, you know, push out Aging Room. Aging Room is huge there. And you have H. Upman. That's a huge portfolio. Illusion does have a really good portfolio, but not as extensive as Altidus. So with all those lines, I would think that you would have to do a little bit of hyping up to get the cigars out there. Because if not, then those cigars ain't going to sell. 
You know what I mean? In, in my personal opinion. Um, and most of the cigars, other than Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo is kind of like their higher-end stuff. Um, Romeo and Juliet's and Upman's are going to be around the 8 to $10 range, which I think is pretty good for the cigars that they're producing. I don't think it's a lot of hype behind them. I think the hype behind them is a lot of people um, try to line them up with the Cuban side of that. I think that that may be you know, something that they a lot of consumers do. But as far as the cigars go, I don't really think there's uh, too much hype on the H. Upman side. I think there's more hype on the Monte Cristo and Romeo and Juliet side. Well, here's my opinion on this. My, my, my opinion on this is I don't see how this cigar helps H. Upman, the brand. Yeah. Why not? Because it's, 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 there's nothing that stands out about it. It's it's a very bland cigar. Yep, I don't and, think so. And you know, I think it's I think it's there, there's there's nothing special about it. There's nothing that there's nothing that makes it speak to me. You know, I could smoke any number of cigars that have a similar profile, and I could spend the same amount of money on a cigar that had that same country blend in it that would be better than this cigar mm. you know I, I think you know when you're talking about the the banker you know the the whole backdrop of that cigar is you're trying to create a wicked awesome thing yeah and i don't think they created a wicked awesome thing i think they created an okay cigar it's the construction is fantastic right the construction is on point and you know it's not like the cigar is a complete, you know, it, it's not that it stinks, but it's just not, it's, it's just another cigar to me. You okay. Know, it's, it's, um, look at the cigar we had last week, the Chata Oak Connecticut Broadleaf Grande. Yeah. For $6. And look at how awesome that cigar was. Oh, uh, definitely. And, 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 that, and that whole line doesn't get, the recognition in the cigar world that the Altidus line does. Right. So, and they, they do, I'm sure they don't have them. They don't have the budget to do the, to do the marketing. They don't have, uh, you know, the money that, that well, Altidus you're dealing has. with, you're dealing with a, 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 a large company. Altidus oh, is a large company. They have the money to do the marketing. They have the money to, to, hype up these cigars uh -huh. and i definitely agree with all of you guys saying that the cigar is probably hyped up more than any other cigar that's underpriced uh the charter oak the illusion um 724 for that matter uh, it's definitely more hyped up is it a for me is it a good cigar yes is it better than the cigar privé absolutely not is it better than the charter oak broadleaf no will i smoke it again Yes. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe for a second that you would go and say, you know what? After that podcast and smoking that cigar, I'm going to go get me a banker. Well, why, why wouldn't I if I'm enjoying it now? Because I, I don't think that <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go and buy a box tomorrow. I oh, don't you think a... you're enjoying it as much as you enjoy other cigars for the same amount of money. No, I, I totally do. This this is delivering taste to me 
on my palate that I am definitely enjoying. And like I said, at the eight eight fifty, I personally feel comfortable buying something like that. Will it be in my rotation? More than likely, alongside the cigar privé, alongside the 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 Maduro Charter Oak, <laughs> and everything else in the walk-in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kurt, if you're hearing this, oh god, a month from now, I want you to check the cigars that he's bought at yep, the store right. and see if there are any bankers in there. And I if want, they're I want, not, I want to see your personal humidor too. Yeah. <laughs> now. This this leads you can this leads this leads right into uh, <laughs> my 12. cigar confession for the week, which really ends up being a lot of uh, <laughs> questions for you guys. Um, several years ago, um, before I was at Twins, um, I uh, was given a um, shade Undercrown to smoke. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of excited about it because I saw those, you know, online all the time. You know, uh, you know, they were all over the place. There's big buzz about it, and I smoked it, and I was very underwhelmed by the cigar. And I posted a picture of it on my Twitter account and said, "Undercrown underwhelming," <laughs> and that post garnered so much backlash oh well, there's a lot of people that support the state from so. from the twitter community they could not believe that i did not like the the uh the uh, uh shade uh undercrown there and one person uh said you know undercrown has an incredible following they sell tons of cigars it's got to be good and I, I replied saying Budweiser sells tons of beer that doesn't make it a great beer, you know. And you know the point is, you know, I, I didn't think it lived up to the hype. Now, that said, you know, how do you stay objective about judging a cigar is really good or not? You know, what's the difference between Knowing a cigar is good, but just not your taste, and thinking that a cigar just is not really all that good. Well, I'm going to go first on this because Ooh, go for it. Um, I had a lot of people. I sold a lot of them, the Atabays, you know, and I I've sold so many of them and upsold them and like you know told like the story and like all that, and but I had I'd yet to have one. And then um, my brother Dan bought me one for my um, my birthday last year, I think it was, Aww. and I was so excited to smoke it. And when I smoked it, to me, all I got was like smoking air. I didn't get any flavor. I was like, how could anybody even remotely enjoy this? And I was so let down. And for me, that kind of opened up my mind to like – I should when I'm describing a cigar to someone, I really need to stick to the essentials of it, of where it's from, what it's made out of, and appeal to that person's palate. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, majority of my the people that I know love that cigar. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, it's just not for me. Right. 
you know, and that was a very important lesson for me to learn. Yes. And it's good for me to know, too, that I don't have to spend that much money no. on you for a birthday. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could have saved like $28 yeah. and got him a Robusto. Here's five bucks, Dave. Here. There you go. Thank you. Oh, Dan, that's awesome. Best present ever. <laughs> well, for me, the, the cigars that a lot of people come in and there's a, a lot of hype on is uh, – can I can I say this? I feel like I feel really bad saying this. I don't know. What are you gonna say? Uh, I'll tell you if you can feel bad about it after you say it. Cohiba. <laughs> yeah, Cohiba. Yeah, the Dominican ones, not the Cuban ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the price that they are, they start at twenty. And I just I've tried a few of them in in the past, and I just they're not for me. There's a bunch of people that come in, buy two or three at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen customers come in and say how wonderful they are and how great they are. And at that price, you're spending $20, get a Placencia, mm-hmm. in my opinion. that that That's a, a, a way better cigar, in my opinion. They, um, they may not appreciate that, though, man. They, they, may, they may not have the palate to really understand the complexity of how that of all those cigars are. True. You know? I just, for me, a lot of people come in and you see it in magazines and you see it online and, you know, how gracious and how great Cohibas are and the taste of, you know, the, the, the old days. And, and it's, it, to me, it's, it's an overpriced cigar. It should be at 10 bucks. I, I'd rather smoke a Macanudo than have a Cohiba in my opinion. I just, for me, that's not my cigar. Sorry. I'll I'll spend twenty dollars on a Placencia all day. Well, I, I I'm 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 with you, Nick. I'd I'd rather have an H. Upman Banker for eight or nine bucks. <laughs> there you go. Than a, uh, I'd rather spend like twenty dollars twenty dollar Cohiba Toro and get a Tubo. Hustler Gorda Corona Gorda. Mm. You'd rather get a. Mm. Wow, well, Paul. Um, I'm not going to stick with our humidor. I'm actually going to go a lot further out there. I'm going to say Ooh. that the uh, Cuban cigars today mm. are oh my are all hyped up. And all you hear today when you hear customers come in is how they scored Cuban cigars through a friend, or they went on a trip overseas and they yeah. got Cuban cigars at the port, or you know they went to the Dominican Republic and they got Cubans, or they went somewhere and got and they oh it's the best thing. I can't believe you know this is so good. I'm like. No, they're not. They're, they're, most Cubans today that you're getting at your resorts or at your ports and all that are so inferior to what Cubans used to be. And a lot of them are fake. Dave. <laughs> well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Only 90%, right. Of, fakes out absolutely only right. 90% of, of, of like Cubans that are sold out there are fake. Yeah, 90, and, and 90. I think it's the – they, they get it in their heads that because it's Cuban, it's awesome. Because it's Cuban, it's the best thing since sliced bread. It's, it's, it, they've held out the the the. It's 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 like the the unicorn mm-hmm. for a lot of these people that they've achieved it. They've actually grasped it. They brought it home. They they're smoking it. It's the best thing. Oh, do you have Cubans here? No. It it and, and I try to explain to them that Cubans are not made. Uh, today and haven't been for a long time as they were in years past, mm. and uh, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find a really good Cuban. Specifically, if you go to the resort areas, you're not going to get oh, the no. real thing. And I think that's that's the real hype 
that that yeah. doesn't live up to that doesn't live up to it. At least if you know anything about them, like we do, you know that they're not what they once were. Right. No, I. Th and you're spending twenty to thirty dollars at least for them. And that's true. I mean, and that's you know, I always, I have to try and hide the the smile when somebody comes back and says, you know, I my buddy, my military buddy, got me this box of Cuban. It was it was seventy five bucks. <laughs> and you know, I'm like thinking to myself, at Habano stores in Cuba. <laughs> They're twenty dollars a stick, four hundred dollars a box. Yeah, at the least, at yeah. the least. Yeah. And you say you got this box for, you know, seventy-five bucks, hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks. Okay. And it's just, you know, I'm not going to argue with them. I'm not gonna, but there is this perception that 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 uh, um, Cuban tobacco is this the end all be all of human existence. And having had really good Cubans, I've I've had cohibas um, that are made, you know, specifically for for Spain. They get the best. Well, didn't you learn like under a Cuban? I, yeah, Jorge was Cuban, but 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 uh, yeah, I've had Cubans that were you know sixty five dollars a stick, mm -hmm. and They're not cheap. I would not pay near that much money for that cigar. Um, it just, you know, and, you know, when you think about, think about that, $1,500 for a box yeah. of, of uh, bahikis, you know, it's just, you know, it, and when you smoke them, and I know because the guy who bought the box shared them with me, you know, let me know. About a third of them, the draw was bad. It's sixty-five dollars a piece. Well, the quality control, the qu you know, is, yeah. is out the window. It is you know, and so it's it, it's true. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Cuban tobacco has a very unique taste, a very unique flavor profile, and it burns differently than anywhere else. And um, if you love that flavor profile, you're probably going to really, really enjoy Cuban tobacco very, very much. That said, there is a lot of quality control issues that go on. I I'm not, when people are like begging for Cubans to come back, A, Cuba does not want Cubans to come back to the United <laughs> States. They would not be able to keep up with the demand. They can't keep up with it now. And the United States consumes about one third of all the cigars that are made for the earth, this one country. And Cuba's this little dinky island with like two different two different areas where tobacco is grown. Nope. They can't keep up with it. No, nope. they have to sprout them and send them overseas to be grown because they don't have the room for them. Right. And then they it's grown somewhere else and then brought back and, and produced over there. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the dirty little secrets of the cigar world, you know, and, uh, um, you know, but I'm very happy with, with the tobacco that's produced in Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic, oh, yeah. Honduras, Costa Rica, you know, um, you can get great world-class cigars that you could compete with anything out of Cuba, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and 
with cigars from Cuba that would be considered wicked awesome cigars, there's still, you can get that same kind of class from other countries. And you don't have to pay, you know, what you're paying for those. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's really, yeah. So the, do I need to say anything more? No. I don't think so. No, you know, I think I'm done. I think that horse is dead. Now, um, let, me, let me ask you guys something. When there is a lot of hype and excitement around a cigar that's coming out into Twins, are you more likely to hop on the bandwagon or are you more likely to be cynical about that cigar? Yeah, I guess it depends on who's making it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I've had a really good experience with a specific cigar manufacturer, and I and I like the majority of what they what they make, then I'm more than willing once we receive it in the humidor to get it and try it. Like the Fuente and Padron collaboration, I'm kind of excited for that. I'm not. Why not? I don't know. You don't I, know. I don't know. I just have But you smoke everything, bit. Nick. I do. You and which, think this banker is a freaking fantastic cigar. I never said that, it was a fantastic cigar. Think, I gave it a you six. Th you think it's a fantastic cigar I for eight, not. nine bucks that will be in your rotation? I, it will be because it's under $10 <laughs> and I'm cheap. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm kind of excited but not excited because a lot of – great cigars that came out of the Fuente factory, you have to age. You, you, yeah. In my personal yeah. opinion, yeah. Yeah. you have to you. sit on them. A lot of opuses. And like we experienced when Orlando was on the show, he had he gave us opuses, which I'm extremely grateful for Orlando yep. and give us, giving us those opuses. But they were from when? Oh, 2015? Mm -hmm. They were unbelievable. But again, he's been sitting on them. He's been aging them in bourbon. In bourbon, so they're <laughs> gonna taste differently. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of opuses that were pretty much fresh out of the box, and they were underwhelming. I think yeah. that's one of the cigars that probably we didn't mention that maybe does need to be mentioned is maybe in uh, you know the opuses that if you get an opus, sit on it. Don't, in my personal opinion, don't smoke that right away. If you are, that's fine. It's your twenty dollars. You can smoke it whenever. My personal opinion, if you're going to buy an Opus, sit on them. If you're going to buy a box, sit on them. Let them age for about a year. And or then, two. and then, yeah, two or three or ten. Or yeah, I totally believe that Opuses are definitely like a box buy, and it definitely is something you should intend on aging. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I, I, think it, I think it's kind of a toss-up with that, with that cigar, with Padron and Fuente collaborating. Um, I'm... Not really excited, but I kind of am. I know the cigar is going to be good, but how long are you going to have to sit on those things? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know. I'm not really intrigued about it. I know the probably the price is going to be extraordinary. Well, it's all going to charity, so yeah. Of course. But I'm not really too excited about that cigar, though. I, I, I will give an example of a cigar that got got some hype. Uh, in the last month, and we finally received it in the humidor within the last week or so, mm. has been uh, from Foundation, mm -hmm. the Tabernacle, David and Goliath, Absolutely and the amazing. El Uense 
five year anniversary. I totally agree. All three cigars were outstanding. Yep. And and as a matter of fact, the Tabernacle Goliath is my favorite Tabernacle. That absolutely lived up to the hype. And the Anniversario was just as good, too. It was fantastic. I think the Perfecto was, in all three sizes, was the perfect uh, uh, size for those cigars. Mm. And it brought out the great flavor, the Connecticut Broadleaf on the David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. And then the Corojo with the El uh, was yep. just was, all three sizes are my favorites in that line. I agree. I think it absolutely lived up to the hype and more. Mm. Mm. I like the uh, the uh, what was it the Christian Aroa signature series. Those signature are, series. Yeah, those, those are good. Are awesome. Yeah. Maybe a little too high in price. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. It's still a good cigar. I yeah. would still, for me, I think it, my favorite is the first twenty Maduro mm-hmm. at thirteen, fourteen bucks. That's a that for me is just a fantastic yeah. cigar. But his signature series is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when I see a cigar come in a wicked fancy box, beware. Or, you know, when I see it come <laughs> in an obnoxiously huge label that's like gilded with gold and silver, <laughs> super fly. all these other you know colors <laughs> and things. I, I, you know, and and that's all meant to be eye catching. It's all meant to, well, yeah. to to make you think. You know, if the cigar is wrapped like this and put in a box like this, it must be freaking awesome. I look at it and I go, "They're hiding something." <laughs> you know, okay. I, I, you know, I, I have to admit, seeing that, you know, uh, to to your point, Paul, cigar Prevé comes in a just a wooden a real, box, a real plain wooden box with yep. this, you know, very simple. Blue label, yep. cigar purvey. And it's really good. You know, um I love the 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 1874 series of 724. Yep. It's, it's old school. It's just an amazing cigar. Yeah. Wicked simple box, you know, it there's and you know, the band is the band has its fanciness to it, but it's not over the top. Nope. And you know, it's a great, great cigar. I think another one. One is like the Leaf by Oscar. I mean, oh, I think yeah. a lot of people look at That's that and a great be like, cigar. I don't think I want to smoke that. I'm like, well, you got to unwrap it first. And they're like, oh, you know, mm. a lot of people don't get it that it's wrapped in a tobacco leaf. That's a very you know? sad. And the, but, uh, but I think it's it's a great cigar. But there's a cigar that actually had it's not obnoxious, but it, it's eye catching, and the box is kind of eye catching too. Was the Superfly? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that cigar to me was fantastic. Well, to all of one us. of our favorite cigars yeah. that we've had last year. Yeah. We thought that was the best cigar of the year. It was, last the, it was year. the cigar yeah. of the year, and it and it lived up to what hype it it had, and and the the, the eye catching band, you know, seventies retro, mm-hmm. and it, it was just a f- absolutely phenomenal cigar. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, Paul, you have some news for us this week. News I do. with Paul. That's fantastic. What what news might you bring up? So, cigar groups ask court to invalidate the FDA cigar regulations. <gasps> no. Say it isn't so, Paul. Say it isn't so. In an election year. In an election year. <laughs> Which is still going on. That, it's that, still going yeah, on. The E word is not allowed to be spoken. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The cigar industry is once again asking a federal court to throw out FDA's regulation of cigars. In fact, the plaintiffs in the lawsuit are asking the court to 
evaluate a position that the trade groups have previously argued for. Last week, attorneys for the three cigar trade groups in Washington, D.C., based lawsuit Cigar Association of America et al. versus United States Food and Drug Administration et al. asked the court to once again evaluate their Fourth Amendment complaints. Mm. The complaint centers around whether the U.S. Drug, I'm sorry, Food and Drug Administration acted improperly during 2014 through 2016 when it was considered whether to regulate premium cigars or exempt premium cigars from upcoming regulation. This is hardly a new issue. But last year, the parties agreed to table this specific legal issue because for a time, it appeared the FDA was nearing a point where it might provide more clarity to the regulation. Right. Rather than continue to spend resources fighting the matter in court, both parties agreed to halt the legal fight over that specific issue in hopes that the FDA might provide further updates, which would either change or de of the details of the legal challenge or render the issue moot. The two sides continue to argue over other issues like warning labels, the product approval process, mm -hmm. and user fees. Now, the cigar trade groups are arguing that FDA does not appear to act quickly, and as such, they want the court to evaluate their claims of whether FDA acted properly. The groups hope the court will throw out the rule in its entirety for premium cigars. These claims are likely to embolden given what took place over the summer. In August, right before key September deadline was set to go into effect, the Department of Justice announced that FDA was planning to indefinitely delay a major product approval for premium cigars while the agency evaluates the issue further. Ultimately, Judge Amit Mehta of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia ruled more or less in favor of that plan. Meta's ruling requires FDA, FDA to go back through the process to determine whether there should be a more streamlined process for the uh, premium cigars. While Meta's ruling does not necessarily mean there will be a streamlined process, FDA could go through its reevaluation period and conclude the best way forward is the same process it proposed in 2016. He seems skeptical of the way FDA came to its decision. That will likely be a common theme of the most recent complaint, particularly after an early August hearing where Meta was rather critical of the SDA's process. The most recent complaint is what, once again in front of Meta. So we can hope that uh, since the FDA really has not done much since these rulings and does not appear to be doing much, that maybe that's going to um, bolster the... Um, plaintiff's case that uh, this whole thing has no really clear direction to it at all and should just be thrown out. Yeah, it's just it's just like it's it's just hanging out there. Mm -hmm. You know, and like they say they're not acting they're not acting swiftly and they're spending money to try to get this thing through and, and it it's it's just it's just hanging out there. It's, it's there's no real timetable for this. Yeah. It's indefinite. What does indefinite mean? Mm -hmm. It could be years. It will be a dream come true if this goes away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's time for would you rather question? I do. I do think it's time. Okay. Nick, we'll yes. start with you. Oh, thank you. Would you rather 
have X-ray vision Ooh. or super hearing. <laughs> Dang. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Probably super hearing. So I can hear everything. X-ray vision doesn't really Come on, Nick. Spark Tell the anything. truth. No. Eh, X-ray vision, we man. We all know his wife would kill him if he had X-ray vision. Yeah, probably. Uh, super hearing. Super hearing. So I can hear everything. So you can hear everything. Yes. That's deep. That's a super deep. That's super mm. deep. Dave, I'm X-ray vision. X-ray vision. X-ray vision. I, mean, I don't want to hear nothing. Why? No. He wants, Why? he wants to see everything. He wants to see everything. I'm a visual, I'm a visual, visual. guy. I'm a, I'm a, I just visual want to see, I want to see everything. Yeah. I'm a real guy. I want to see everything. You sure? Yes. I would rather see. Because you're not going to be able to unsee that. Uh, yeah. That's, that's you know, I'd, you know, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I just go back to like the time when like Superman was a kid and he was panicking because he couldn't shut off all the noise. I would never want that freaking to happen. Mm -mm. But what if it does happen to you? That's why I chose. But he also, vision. but he also could not not see what he was seeing as well. Mm -hmm. He had go, no control would, of that I either. I would rather go through that than than being overwhelmed with audio. I don't know. I have uh, Danny. I have these. Um, these earmuffs that I use at the range. I swear to God. So I have these um, these earmuffs that I use at the range. I have these earmuffs. Earmuffs that don't I do help against ten tinnitus. So they have a microphone on them. Yeah. That you can um, you can adjust the volume, mm -hmm. and a lot of times me and my friends will be out and do some uh, trigger time, and we'll have the the headphones on, and I'll turn it all the way up, mm -hmm. and to hear nature at that level. Mm -hmm. Is incredible. You can hear everything. Please fart. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, silent, silent, but silent. But to hear nature in its true form, mm -hmm. to hear every bird, everything, every everything, all nature. But it's is all incredible. in your head. It's not what you're hearing out there. It's, but it uh, is. It's it's amplifying what's outside, including the noise of shooting the gun. No, when you shoot, it blocks the noise out. That's the point of those headphones. So you hear everything but what you're doing. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Paul? X-ray vision. X-ray vision. Because my vision stinks. Because <laughs> my vision stinks. <laughs> and, and any help is much appreciated right now. <laughs> but what if you still, like, you can have X-ray vision, but you still needed your glasses to actually see? That's I'm not sorry, hon. <laughs> I can't quite tell. It's blurry. Come a little closer. I, I, think, I, think, I think it would be fun to see what goes on in other rooms without opening the doors, you know? Yeah. I think it would be fun. I, I guess so. You, know? mm. you don't have to be dirty about it. Just, you know. Mm. Yeah. Inquisitive. What's inside that bank you know. vault? <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we we live in a we live in a uh, a two. Uh, it's a it's a condex, and it's a big house that was split into two different condo units. And our neighbors are just quiet as can be. I never know what's going on next door. And you and, just need to know. And no, but I'm just not that I I'm a, I don't want to pry. I just like what the heck's going on there. <laughs> So yeah, he really wants the prize. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I'm no I, I'm seriously, I, I, this is just a joke. I'm, I'm, I think it would be fun to have X-ray vision. 
I, th- I think for me it would be super hearing. Yeah. I think I think I'd be with Nick. I'd love to hear what's going on. Really? Yeah. It where? Everywhere. 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 I think I think both of those is a double edged sword because it's no, it's it nice is. in theory mm-hmm. to have X ray vision and to have super hearing, mm-hmm. but if you can't turn it off, which this is telling me that you can't, mm-hmm. it's it's constant. Yeah. Being, then being, it's a double edged sword, and you're hearing everything. It'll drive you crazy if you're all seeing X ray vision. You're seeing through the wall. Mm-hmm. Your depth depth. Perf- Perception. Depth perception. Depth perception. Your dead perception. Your depth perception is completely <laughs> off. Um, being being a father, of three girls, yeah. hearing what's going on, yeah, uh, is very important. Yes, I don't want to see what's going on, <laughs> but hearing what's going on could be very helpful. It could be. It could be. Yeah. It well, could you be. can always it, look it, away. You can't always shut it off. Well, you can always, you know, block mm-hmm. your ears. You could try yeah. to block your ears. So. What's our final verdict here on this uh, H. Upman Banker, mm. the mystery stick? Mediocre. Mediocre? Yeah. It's a pretty good cigar. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Underwhelming. Gonna... It's a fantastic mediocre cigar. <laughs> For eight bucks, there's a lot of other cigars that we have in the walk-in that would completely crush it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was... Five, six bucks. I guess it could be a competitor. If it was five, six bucks, I'd still smoke a Nick stick. <laughs> I'm serious. I know you are. Yeah. Anyways, that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Nick. It's okay. It's okay. Now, next week, we're going to flip it all around and do our top five episode where we will, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, the mm. upcoming holiday, mm-hmm. each share five cigars five. and five tobaccos five that we are most thankful for this year. I am really looking forward to that episode. Right. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Oh, it is mine too. Mm. Yep. So, Make sure that uh, you are following us on Facebook so that you get notified when these podcasts are going on live and Mm. not just blowing smoke on Instagram Mm. so that you know everything that's going on and you never miss a thing. This is Pastor Padron. Thanks for being with us tonight. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down.